Howdy folks, I want to welcome you to another episode of Life Around the Fire. My name is David Retire, and I'll be your host today. We are a podcast that's devoted to spiritual growth. And when I'm referring to spiritual growth, I'm talking about our growth in our relationships with God and in our relationships with one another. It's kind of hard to separate the two. And so today, you know, while I was preparing for this, I was thinking the various times that I've, you know, picked up, oh, let's just say a magazine, right? Look through it, and I'll, I'll do some spot reading, right? Just look, at, read a little bit here, a little bit there, kind of catch the gist of what's going on in the article. And, uh, you know, sometimes I'll pick up a, kind of a little more of a popular mechanics magazine or something, and I'll, I'll, look, at the, <laughs> I'll look at the pictures. Uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll read some of the article, and I'll, I'll kind of, do a little more, sometimes speed reading, sometimes read thoroughly, but, you know, I'll just kind of go through it and, uh, you know, it just, sometimes it's killing time. Well, I've noticed this, man, periodically, that when I pick up the Bible, right? I'd love to say that every time I pick up the Bible, I really have an engaging experience that goes on and that it's a meaningful, meaningful time every time. That's not the truth. That's just not the truth. Sometimes when I pick up the Bible, it is stone cold. Seems just like a volume of ancient literature, and there's not much to it. And I'm like, how in the world can one day I pick this powerful book up and I can open it up, and it just speaks directly to my heart. And other times I can pick it up, and it just is like, it's dead. Or it seems like it's dead anyway. And so, you know, there's sometimes, sometimes there, there, there's a struggle that goes on with that. And I, I kind of have an idea what that is, and some of the struggle is just mental. You know, we're... We're people that we deal with our things. We're not in the mood for something or we're distracted or there's just a variety of other different things going on and it's just not time to really let our minds delve into either a study or into a uh, a little deeper look into something specifically that pertains to the Bible. Or it might be the fact that, that there is just a particular portion of the Bible that we're reading we just don't get. We don't, we don't get it. Period. It's not from our culture. It doesn't have anything. It doesn't seem to apply at all. And it is the furthest thing from being interesting. Period. 
And then there are times where it is spiritual warfare. Okay, I know that. Where we are being opposed spiritually because of the life-giving power that comes from the written word of God. If Jesus Christ himself defeated the temptation in the wilderness, he overcame the temptation by Satan himself. Now, I don't know, I, I literally, I do not know any living human being who has been tempted by the devil themselves. Now, by demonic spirits, by different powers, yes, but by Satan himself, I, I, mean, I, I haven't I haven't run into anybody yet, and I know I have not yet. I've run into some pretty powerful things, but never really Lucifer, to my knowledge. Jesus confronted the prince of the power of the air, Satan himself. And he defeated Satan by saying, it is written. He overcame him by saying three times, it is written, and then commanded him to leave. So Jesus Christ, using the written word of God as a means by which he overcame the powers of Satan, well, that would really behoove us to take that as a prime example and say that would be a great example for us to follow. So, but with all that taken into consideration, today, one of the keys that I found I want to pass on to you uh, as we're getting our, as we are growing in our relationship with God and with one another, one of the ways that we grow in our relationship with God and one another is by the written word of God, by things that we are able to both see in the scriptures regarding God and how God reflects himself to us and how our lives are impacted and lived out on a daily basis. So the written word of God is powerful, and for us to grow as people in our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another, becoming people that understand and have a real healthy appreciation for the scriptures is vital. Now, one of the ways to approach reading the scriptures is, first and foremost, it's kind of, we live in a busy world, and a noisy world, and so to take some time, whether that is early in the morning, later in the evening, when your mind is at its, like it's a peak fresh, the, the clearest that it can be to you. The fewest distractions, and initially take uh, no, serious, man. Take 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Just allot yourself 15 minutes. 15 minutes to kind of quiet down. And then 15 minutes to just slowly, not just read quickly a passage from the Bible, but take some time and let God read the Bible to you. Remember as a kid when you had your mom read the stories from the books to you, just say, you love it. Well, God as an author loves to read his book to us. And so 
inviting him, saying, Holy Spirit, I would really love for you to read this particular portion of the Bible to me, from the Bible to me tonight, or this morning. And just let him do that. And let your imagination go into places where, for example, when Jesus was talking in Matthew chapters 5 through, actually, let's look at 5 through 10. In fact, for those of you who are looking for something to read later today, I would encourage you to get into your Bible, go into the New Testament, Matthew chapter 5, verses, uh, Matthew chapter 5, beginning verse 1, going all the way through chapter 10. And it'll take you 15, 20 minutes to read it. But if you read it slowly, and you begin to see yourself in a setting that was the setting that Jesus was in, funny things start taking place. Things begin to take on a different shape, a different form to them. And in preparing for that, time today, excuse me, preparing for the time today, I was meditating on just this particular element of living in a busy world, going through things just on a daily way, sometimes in a hectic way, in America especially, our schedules can be really, really, really busy, or, or it could be just the opposite. You have such a dull day that it's like boring. I mean, you're so sick and tired of television. You don't know what to do about it. It's just like, I don't want to watch one more TV program or read another book or go for another walk or, 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 you know, you just kind of run out of things. You're bored. Well, once again, serving, serving God is far from boring. I'm 62 years old as I've mentioned, and I am, my my days are so full of real life-giving activity that by the end of most days, I look and say, I can't believe that some people were actually bored today. And so as a point of encouragement, I want to pass that on to you that, you know, we live in a world, right, where seemingly we're really busy or we are bored. So, but taking... Again, this time in the scriptures, backing off from our busyness and just taking that time 15 minutes ahead of time and just kind of clearing your thoughts, telling God that you love him, maybe taking and just reading from a devotional book, a prayer book, even reading a prayer to God. It's a beautiful thing. It's taking some written prayers and reading them to the Lord or taking a hymn and singing that out to the Lord or reading it out loud to God. It brings us into a frame of reference, a point of worship, and allows us to kind of clear away the things that go on around us and then open up the scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to you, to me, to read to us the scriptures. Today, I was looking at Matthew chapter 5, and I was just picturing Jesus in this group of people that had been following him for about three days, right? And the group of people had 
grown to about five, six, seven, eight, ten thousand people. It, was, it just continued to grow. Miracles were happening on a regular basis, divine healings, various signs and wonders, and to top it off, one of the things Jesus was going to do is he was going to feed this large group of people with just a few loaves of bread and a few fish. And so, as this crowd has been traveling with him day and night in the more of the, the deserted areas around Jerusalem, throughout Galilee, they would be literally riveted on his teachings. They're just like, if you've ever seen somebody really interested in something that someone has been saying or that you yourself have found yourself interested and you realize maybe your mouth has been open for a minute, you're like, wow, <laughs> nobody saw that. My mouth is open. You kind of close your mouth. You were in awe of what was going, what was being said because it was so impacting to you. It, was, it, it impacted your life and it was so true. Well, Jesus, when he was teaching, he was teaching with such insight and authority that the people just wrapped up in what he was saying. And at times it was though he was reading their personal mail to them. And at times he was confronting social issues that were problematic, but people were afraid to bring them up because of the consequences that they feel would, that they would experience as a result of that. Confronting the Pharisees and really saying to the Pharisees, you're abusing people. Stop it, man. Stop abusing your privileges. Jesus was confronting the issues of the day. People were being healed, man. People literally were being healed of serious, serious issues. Leprosy. The rotting of the skin, the flesh. Just horrible. Blindness. Palsy. Being absolutely crippled up demonized. The list goes on. The power of God was present to perform miraculous signs and wonders. So people were gathering and Jesus was talking to these people that had been, as I said, spending three days with him. And by this time, some of them had gotten really, <laughs> they got hungry, man. I mean, literally, literally hungry. They'd been traveling with him from one town to the next because they just didn't want, they did not want to see what was going on. They just had to be there because what was happening was that important to them. And so Jesus points out this one particular person, and they were obviously a person that was riveted on what Jesus was saying, but they were, just by the clothes that they wore, they were a little bit, you know, unshaven and just more than likely in a, in a, in a, in a, in looking like a, person that had been poor. And Jesus says to them, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. Amazing. Now, God's thoughts are not necessarily our thoughts to say the least. Sometimes they are radically different. And Jesus was pointing something out that on the surface 
this person that was very poor could be pitied and was oftentimes mocked and pitied by the Pharisees. Actually, would have been a subject for their control and manipulation techniques to keep them poor and to keep the supply chain for the Pharisees rather rich. Well, Jesus is looking at this person who's obviously poor, who is traveling so that he could hear the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, Jesus told John the Baptist, or some of the followers of John the Baptist, to go back and report to John that the kingdom of God, the good news is being preached to the poor. Well, this was the case of the point right here. The, good, the poor who couldn't afford to hear messages like that were being given a powerful message just like that. I mean, and they were eating it up. And Jesus is looking at them. And he's saying, man, now they are fortunate. They are the ones to be envied. Not these other people, these people right here, because theirs, they're going to get what they're hungry for. And, you know, I was looking at this story and I was trying to bring it into a, a, a somewhat of a current example. And I remembered a guy when I was growing up, a guy named Elvin Gustafson. Now, Elvin Gustafson was a gentleman. He lived in the small community that I lived in, in Maple Hill, Minnesota, just outside of Hibbing, Minnesota. And Elvin was a mechanical genius. The guy could make anything out of anything. And he was a brilliant welder and a machinist. And so he could take spare parts and turn them into some of the most amazing products. It was... <laughs> the guy was a genius, literally. But he was born not only dwarfed, but he had a huge hunchback. And so he was probably about three and a half feet tall, huge hunchback, and when he would walk, he would walk on his knuckles primarily, and he was so strong in his upper body that he'd lift himself up and around primarily by just his arms. And Albin, on the outside, looked like he was absolutely one of the poorest people that you could hope to meet, right? Just financially not that well off. But we know what Elvin had? Elvin had this thing that was called chutzpah or sisu or he had this real inner thing going on inside of him, this faith, this fire that would not be denied. Now, you might be listening right now and say, you know, I, David, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not your person to go and be very, you know, eloquent when I talk to people. I'm a little bit shy, but, you know, I'm pretty, pretty good mechanic, man. <sighs> Interesting. Albin, dwarf, hunchback, brilliant mechanic. And 
I was reminded about the fact that the kingdom of heaven is given to people that have, you know, that thing, that inside thing that where they just, you just won't give up. That, that fire in your, the purity in your spirit, your spirit, the insides are so hungry, so hungry, so hungry that what you want, what you're hungry for, what you're looking for, the only, only thing that can satisfy you is God. And to fulfill that thing that God has put in front of you that is pertaining to his kingdom. Alban was an inventor. The man could invent windmills that were some of the most ornate, fine windmills, miniature windmills in the entire state of Minnesota. He had won so many blue ribbons at fairs and different places that he had presented his windmills at. The guy was well known around the state of Minnesota. People had hired him out to build windmills. Now, Albin Gustafson was an individual that was one of these unsung heroes. You have to know where he lived to find him. And when he found him, it looked like a, just a shanty that he lived in. But you'd get him going with some of the gears and some of the various machines that he had going on. And with his mind and what he would make, it was amazing. And he not only made a living out of doing this, he was an individual that was contracted by the mining industry of northern Minnesota to help build certain shafts and different things pertaining to the mines, the iron ore mines. The guy was a brilliant man, and he could get into places that other people couldn't get into because he was so armstrong. Uh, how God sees things and how we sometimes miss things. Or we look at ourselves and perhaps say, I, I really don't have that much to offer. That is not the truth. You have a lot to offer. Especially when we put that into the hands of Jesus Christ, he can take and make things seemingly out of nothing. He could take a crippled dwarf and turn him into a renowned inventor. And I mean, what can God do with your life? The only way, the only way to find out is for you to give him your life and for you to receive into your life his life. Then life can begin to take on that meaning that just cannot be denied. Let's pray. Father, thank you so very much for your grace, for your strength, for your drive inside that allows us to see things and to say, I'm not going to be denied. I'm not going to be denied your kingdom. I want more than anything else, your kingdom, God. I want your righteousness, your joy, your peace, 
your spirit, to be filled with your spirit like Jesus. I want to walk and live like Jesus Christ. For my life to be an example of his, so that you'd be glorified, Father, that there would be men, women, and children that would come from the east, west, north, and south, and they would come into relationship with you and find peace and rest. True peace and rest. Forgiveness of sins. Washing, cleansing from sin, freedom from the bondage and weight of sin. Lord, thank you, God. Thank you. I ask you to take this word and bring it to the parts of Pakistan that people just are hungry to hear your word. Parts of Uganda that people are thirsty and hungry for your, your word. Parts of Russia, God, where people are thirsty and hungry. Parts of Thailand. Parts of Australia, parts of Canada, America, God, throughout the world, Lord, take this word and spread it and apply it on the hearts and minds of men, women, and children in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, folks. If you have any thoughts or questions, concerns, you just like to drop us a line. You can drop us a line at Life Around the Fire at gmail.com. That's life around the fire at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase, life around the fire. We would love to hear from you. And in the meantime, I hope your day goes well. Bye now.